You know what, Sam? I have a question for you. What? Are you ready for playoff hockey? Yes, I am. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we are back with another episode of the Kaniac Report. We've hoped you have had a good week, and of course, I think all Canes fans are satisfied with the results of the end of the season of us winning the Metro Division. We already talked about that, of course, Sam. It was great. Yeah, I'm happy. You're happy. We're all happy. We won the Metro home ice in rounds one, two, and the Stanley Cup Finals. I think that's acceptable. Yes, it is. So uh, what we will be doing, if you are new here, uh, is we usually cover some NHL news and then the Canes news, and then we're now we're for specifically for this episode, we'll, we will be doing a playoff preview of us against the Islanders. That's going to be the meat of this episode. So the first NHL news that we're going to get to, Sam, is, and we kind of expected this because it was the end. Of, it's the end of the season. Lots of firing and parting ways, especially Including one an, coach. A coach that we're all very familiar with. Yes. Uh, we know Columbus fired Brad Larson as a coach. I'm not really surprised there, considering there were expectations for this team after signing Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, I don't know how I felt about that one. I kind of I liked him. Really? Yeah, I thought he was fine. I really didn't feel like Columbus was where they quite needed to be. I mean, honestly, it would actually be kind of fun to go back and look at our season preview to see what the standings we predicted, because I know I was wildly off on some. I don't remember where I put Columbus, but um, I don't know. I would have given him another season, but I, I understand. There is the next coach we're going to talk about is the one I think Columbus should hire. Really? I think that's who they need to go with. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that'd be very interesting because uh, Capitals mutually parted ways with Peter Lovellette. I, no I was happy to see that they mutually parted ways. Yeah, there was no firing. His contract was up, so it was just like, we're not going to resign you, and Lovellette was like, I really don't want to be here. So I get it. It makes sense. Capitals are in a different stage. Ovechkin doesn't want to go through a rebuild. I don't really see a choice at this point. I don't think. I think the Caps are going to be mediocre because right now all they have is Ovechkin. And it seems like Kuznetsov wants to be traded. Yeah. Hint, hint, wink, wink at Don Waddell. That would <laughs> fix the goal scoring problem. Yes, we have been very. Uh, and that fits the mo. In that well, let's area. be honest. It fits the mo of of Don Waddell. Does it not? A player that might be considered a. You know, a guy that you're going to rehabilitate because Kuznetsov has had issues in Washington. A guy who can score some goals. I think he has term on his contract. I really don't know what his term is, but I'm pretty sure he has term if he's asking to be traded. So, I feel like that kind of fits the MO. Yeah, so uh, Kuznetsov, he carries a $7.8 million contract for the next three years. So I think that's decent right there because you, you had Pacioretty at seven. So the cap's going to go up another million. So having him, you know, I don't, you know, if you offer the caps like a fir- our first round draft pick, maybe our first and second, and maybe they'll retain maybe a million or two. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I do think Konexov, I think he is pretty 
I think he's still marketable around the league, considering he's still got 55 points this past season. So it's going to be interesting with how they handle Kuznetsov and those trade rumors. But I did think of Carolina maybe getting him uh, because he does fit, I think, that mold of a second-line center, which I think Canes are going to need. Second-line center and a goal scorer. He's a guy who you can put on your power play. Yes. Uh, so the the uh, next pit of news here, uh, Sam Pittsburgh, they cleaned out the off the uh, front office with Brian Burke, who was their team president. They fired him along with Ron Hextall's GM and Chris mm. Pryor, assistant GM. From what I read, that that there just was never a good that that I think people just felt like it was never a good fit. So it was just a matter of time. And I mean, you know, when you have Crosby and Malkin Latang, you're you're gonna have a lot of your problems masked. I think at this point they've just gotten to that age. They're get it's getting to a point where they can only do so much to keep you in, in it anymore. I mean they the Penguins got knocked out the last game of the season, so yeah, and that's what, and what you said there, that's kind of like what Elia Friedman said. At this stage with Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, it's just not enough to put the, push them over the hump. Yes. So it, it's definitely interesting. In my view of Pittsburgh, I think they're a team that I think, kind of like Washington, even though I think Washington is more out of it than Pittsburgh is. Yeah. Um, a team that probably needs to at least do a retool. But again, I don't think Crosby, Malk, and Latang, I don't think they want to go anywhere. So no. that's, that makes it harder uh, for them to do retools or rebuilds. Yeah, I, I don't know if they have no trade clauses. Yeah. Crosby probably does, but I don't know if Malkin's new one did or not. But either way, um, we'll have to wait and see what they do. But yeah, I mean, you know, obviously they're going to clean house. Surprised they didn't clean out. Um, coach but not overly shocked either because i think mike sullivan's a great hockey coach yes he is they 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 kept him which was good because i think he's one of the best coaches in the nhl now we're gonna get on to some canes news here and what's funny is i kind of forgot to say this on last week's how could you i know i'm i'm dropping my ball man i'm trying my best sam okay all right i'm just kidding uh, but uh, Chicago Wolves will no longer be affiliated with Carolina. They want to be independent. And apparently, I, I mean, I've heard even, I can't remember if they made the playoffs or not. Uh, they still have a chance. They still do? Okay. But Chicago is notably has a reputation of being a very good AHL team. Good for them. I mean, I, I, mean, I understand it, but they're not going to have, going independent is, is risky. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not sure who Carol, who's going to be lined up for us. Um, maybe back to Charlotte, but that I don't know where that's sitting with um, Florida, but I doubt that's going to come back here. Maybe there's a couple other teams in North Carolina that maybe Carolina can partner with and turn them into an AHL team. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think I heard like the Norfolk ad admirals yeah that's they, not bad they, that's close to the problem yeah. there is that airport i've been to that airport i've flown out of that airport it's extremely small and it doesn't have the the you won't have the accessibility that you would want yeah because i mean that was the reason why carolina wanted to partner with chicago is because they were right across mm-hmm. the street from oh, the airport yeah. so yeah i mean and that makes sense obviously 
So, yes. Uh, the other piece of news, even, even though he might not win it, but every team seems to nominate a player for the Masters, Masterson Trophy, is Jordan Martinook was nominated. I think that just shows that he's a great guy in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, he came back from a year kind of plagued with injuries. He wasn't very good last season, which is why a lot of people, including us, were like, you know, if he gets waived and claimed, you get some more cap space to do something more with. You know, that's just how a lot of people felt. I loved Jordan Martinook as the person, as a locker room guy, but giving last year's results, I didn't like him as one of the members of the roster. But he came back and came back strong. Long this year to the point where he isn't, you know, he's a valuable asset on the ice and in the locker room. So it translated back to kind of like his first year in Carolina, one of his first years in Carolina. It was maybe his second year in Carolina that he really um, flourished. So it was his first year. I remember it was against the Florida Panthers at home where he got a hat trick (laughs) with us in his first year here. I mean, good for him. I mean, this year's married that. So he's done fantastic. Uh, He's greatly important. You know, needed as a player, so I'm happy with what he did. Well deserved. He is the player to get this. The only player Carolina had that it may have worked on. He would have had to have had a better year, I think, for him to be considered. Would have been Freddie, but he just didn't have the year that was needed for them to be. I think to be nominated. I think he would have had to have had a better season um, to be considered a nominee for that. Yes, definitely. And I think regardless of how Martinuk plays on the ice. He's considered one of the best human beings in that locker room. And again, that trophy just supports that mm-hmm. point. Well, well earned. I don't think he's going to be a finalist, but well, well earned for that nomination. Yes, definitely. I'm, I'm sure all the players love hearing the screaming of Jordan Martin Oakwist Fetch. Yeah, I'm sure they miss it too. I'm sure they do. I mean, it's funny and it energizes you, and that's. And to me, that's a sign, sign of a great player, is a player that yep. um, tries to energize um, the other players in the locker room, and I think that's part of the reason why he has the A. So, yeah. yes, uh, good for him. Uh, the other piece of news that we want to get to is Yanni Perezev, who was the goalie for Perez. Oh, Yanni Perez. Sorry, I completely butchered that. But he signs with Carolina on a two-year deal starting next year. Um, while I looked at Cap Friendly, it does start next year. Uh, I think in the playoffs he could play. Really? Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure because there's no salary cap. So I think he could play. I think it would just burn off a year of his is a contract though so i think he would get paid that year that technically starts next year my guess is he would get paid hmm. so i mean i guess if they're desperate enough yeah yeah maybe that was you, you can sign him to a person you could sign him to a professional tryout probably there 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 were there are probably ways to get him to play yeah if you needed to but i really he's he is fourth on the pecking order it is Freddie. It is Ranta, Freddie, and then Kochetkov. Well, I think, I think, that is I think everybody. I think everybody kind of doubts Perez is going to be playing. But regardless, no, not unless people try and take shots at our goalies again. Yes, but regardless, um, he was the goalie that won the NCAA title with um, uh, Quinnipiac. Yep. And it made a lot of sense that we signed him because, of course, Rob Brendamore's son, Skylar Brendamore, played 
on that team. So there's that yeah. connection there. Well, um, so clearly Rod liked the player. I think that's what that tells me. Yes, and I mean we we've seen a few other NCAA goalies get to be pretty good. Um, Devon Levi, uh, who I mean brief stint with Buffalo, but he was an NCAA goalie. He's playing pretty decent. Spencer Knights was another goalie. We know that he's pretty good. Jake Ottinger from mm. Dallas. I mean NCAA goalies. And Perez's be- numbers are unbelievable. So. Oh, I know. Like 9.33 save percentage. And like that's a one point something, like 1.9, I think, goals against. I mean, you're in the ones. You're good. Yes, so. and you just hope he doesn't turn out to be another Jack LaFontaine. Oh, dear God. <laughs> yes. Don't even want to talk about that. Let's move on to something else. <laughs> okay, yes. But the next piece of news, and I think this is just great news overall for the Carolina market, is the fact that uh, this season marks the highest team average attendance in history. Give yourselves a round of applause. Yes. Ask. That's awesome. We That was just awesome. So, I believe we're like, um, is it second in the NHL? We were second in the NHL and number of fans averaged throughout the season, but that's because of the outdoor game. That game counts in that average, and that's a big number. It's like 50-something thousand. So that number bolstered it to us to second, but we were like 10th overall. I think without that inflation in average attendance throughout the season, that's good. Out of 30 teams, when you have a lot of 32. Canadian markets yeah. in New York and Pittsburgh, that's good. Boston, yeah, you do good. That's good. Well done. Well done. Well done. Yes. Um, you guys are the reason, not only for us doing this podcast, but why the Hurricanes just have one of the loudest fan bases yeah. ever. I mean, you and I went to games throughout the the dark ages, and sometimes that building got pretty darn empty. Now, granted, it was really nice and easy to get in and out of the arena. We didn't have to worry about parking. No one complained about parking. No one complained about traffic because nobody went to the games. And now we're complaining about traffic. One night, I was so bad about traffic. I was like, why can't we be back in the dark ages, Sam? We wouldn't have to worry about all these people. And... But hey, you know what? I will take traffic any day to see a full-blown fan yeah. base be so passionate yep. mm-hmm. about this team. Yeah, and uh, playoff hockey again. I know. I love playoff hockey. I, I remember that first game back in the playoffs against Washington. I have never felt that probably before in a long time. And I was so happy to feel how loud it was in that arena for playoff hockey. So I can't wait for to see that again in this year's playoffs. Yes, same. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready for playoff hockey in Raleigh, as Wade would say. Yes, definitely. Uh, next bit of news. This is more like sports business and all that type of stuff. Is that Top Golf is going to be sponsoring with Carolina during the playoffs? They're and for going to be those of you on the helmets, and for those of you who don't know, Tom Dundon owns Top Golf. Oh, big old shocker there! No, the, no, there's no shocker at all. It had Tom Dundon written all over it because he does invest in Top Golf, and I mean Carolina. They did say that, um, like what you told me earlier. They try to go for the best deals, yeah. and it seems like this is one of those best deals. And my whole thing with putting ads or sponsors on helmets and jerseys, I'm fine with it as long as it keeps the integrity of the jersey and helmets intact. So that's my stance, because 
I know there are people that want it to look like a NASCAR jersey, you know, with all the ads, all that type of stuff. But to me, that loses the integrity of the jersey and the helmets. For those of you who aren't watching, which is all of you, I'm giving Sam a nasty look because I hate that idea. I hate the advertisements on the helmets enough as is. You start putting them on the jerseys, I'm going to get annoyed fast. But I did read an athletic article. And, and the fact that there are owners out there, and I think Tom Dundon is one of them. I think want he wants to, to cover like every many, inch. Yeah, they want to cover as many inch, and I just don't like that idea because it loses the integrity of the jersey and the helmets, in my yeah. opinion. And the fans are going to get pissed off. So yeah, they yeah they will. So I think that's kind of our a lot of our stances is that is we kind of tend to be in the middle ground there. Probably a little bit more toward not a lot. Of oh, options. I don't want them at all. You might be yeah, middle ground. Yeah, I don't I want them at all. But at least make it to where at least it keeps the integrity, the message of the jersey and the helmet. So that's our stance, obviously. And and the last bit of Kane's news for the week. Glad to see this. Brent Burns gets the second star of the week behind Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars. So good for Brent Burns. He's earned it. When I looked at those stats, I believe it was like four goals, three assists, I believe. That's good. I could be wrong, but very good. He has been, I think, our best defenseman. When you look at the history of our offensive defensemen ever since Tom Dundon took over. You have Ducky Hamilton, which I think, um, even though I think fans did like him, I think there was some speculation from certain fans of his intensity, his focus in the playoffs. And, of course, he's with New Jersey now. They're going into the playoffs. So, so we'll see. I mean... We'll see if that stands true or not. Yeah. And we'll see. And they have a lot of... We'll, we'll really see about New Jersey. They have a lot of untested playoff players in the playoffs. Dougie, I don't even know if Timo Myers ever played in the playoffs. That I just... I don't know. I know he's a younger player, but I know pretty much everyone on the Devils roster has never... Like, their their top players have never played. Yeah, and Timo that's part of the... None of them have played before. This is their first time. This is their first rodeo. Yeah, and to me, that's part of the reason why I think New, the New York Rangers are going to win because I think New Jersey lacks the experience where the Rangers does have the experience. I mean, you have that's Tarasenko possible. who won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have that possibility of Kaner who's won the Stanley Cup too. So yes. We'll see. I'm, I'm a belief of... Uh, but I think also the Devils are very similar to, to us in 2019, so... We'll see. And, I mean, Boston's very similar to Tampa Bay in 2018. At the end of the day, we'll see what happens. Do we have a lot of repeats? Do we have a lot of wild card chaos again? Hope not, because we play one of those wild card teams. So, we'll see what happens. At the end of the day, um, and we're about to talk about it, but I I do believe for the – well, we'll we'll save it for the preview. Uh, Yes. And, I mean, after Hamilton, we got Tony D'Angelo, who – I mean, Hamilton was known for a shot – D'Angelo was known for his passing ability. Uh, his passing ability was just excellent. His skating was better, I think, than Hamilton. Because Hamilton's slower. Now, Hamilton's taller a little bit. So, yes. And 
I think when we got Brent Burns, I think you got the best of both worlds in Brent Burns. You got the playmaking of Tony D'Angelo in him. You got the size of Dougie Hamilton in him. And you got the shot of Dougie Hamilton in him, which to me, I think Brent Burns is the best offensive defenseman we have had in a very, very long time, at least since before Justin Falk was here, and he was putting up pretty good numbers. So, Brent Burns, I congratulate you on getting the second star of the week. And now, before we get to our playoff preview, let's get to our sponsor. It's NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Gets in on the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get the bonus bets back up to $10. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. All right, now it's time for our official playoff preview against the Islanders, Sam. And Sam, are you nervous? Yes, I'm nervous, okay? For the record, for you listening to to this, Sam Driscoll over there, as I am looking at him across the table, if we ever do a video podcasting, if we did it for this episode, you would know, he keeps heckling me on, are you nervous after not just playoff games, but every game? Yep, every game, right before every game, I always ask, Sam, are you nervous? Sam, are you nervous? And, and I, even I get... say yes, like, is that not a sufficient answer for him to, to like, <laughs> stop saying that? And uh, I even get his coworkers at work to ask him, Sam, are you nervous? Sam, are you nervous? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Lord, help me. <laughs> Don't worry, Sam, they're going to ask you if you're nervous on Monday. Oh, yeah, they are. You know they will. So, yes, playoff preview. Um against the Islanders. I think everybody knows first thing that they think of when it comes to this preview is that there probably aren't going to be a lot of goals. And I I think you guys have very good reasoning for that. Yep. Stats show. So I'm going to be comparing some stats here Uh, for the power play. Canes are 20th in the league. It's a 19.8 percentage. And the Islanders are 30th in the league, so they're worse, 15.8 percentage. Now, this is coming from regular season stats. And I realize playoffs are a completely different animal, yep. but it's nice to compare the stuff just so you can get a gist of probably what's going to be going on. Again, anything can change in the playoffs. Yeah. But, again, there's always that recency bias a little bit in there. So. Obviously, Sam, you have two teams that really struggle on the power play, which kind of goes into into account the fact that this might be a low-scoring series against the Islanders. Yeah, I mean, Carolina has the better stats in general. Um, 
I mean, if you just want to go by, you know, Carolina's got the better power play, according to this. They have the better penalty kill. They have more goals for game. They have allowed less goals a game against a game. And their shots per game, Carolina shoots more. I mean, Carolina shoots more than probably most teams in the league. You mean two, only two other teams have more than us? Probably Florida, I'm guessing. Yeah, because we're third in the league. Uh, we're 34.8 in shots per game, which is a lot. Yeah, and I think that shows a lot right there. So I expect Carolina to, and that shows the kind of offense we play, which is a which is a tough grind out possession game, right? We we shoot the puck a lot, try to get pucks on yes. that. Same thing with the Islanders, but the reason why I put shots per game in the in our show notes here, Sam, is because the Islanders they're nineteenth in that. So I mean, part of the reason why they're probably not getting lots of goals is because they don't shoot at the net a lot. And if they don't, that could be good for our goaltending, but we will get to the goaltending in just a minute here. Do we have to? Now, yes. We I guess have we got to get the Islanders something, pre- don't we? We, we got to give all facets of the preview to make it informative. So, I mean, goals against Carolina leads that with 2.56. Second in the NHL, Islanders are fifth, goals four, Carolina's 15th, Islanders are 22nd. So it does, the stats also show to me, Sam, that the offense is better with Carolina than it is with the Islanders. And I think part of the reason why, and again, we'll get to this in just a second, is the defense. So, um, yes, I think. When you compare the offense, I think Carolina does have the better offense. I think they have more star power than the Islanders. And I think we keep the puck out of our net. I I guess you could argue at the same rate that the Islanders do, but I could also see us being a little bit better than the Islanders. Yeah, I think overall, overall team, I think Carolina is better. I think we have the the depth. I think our bottom six are better than their bottom six, and I think that's going to be a big factor. Because I think if Carolina spreads their lines out a very specific way, I think if Pulley shows up in the playoffs, I think that really puts us in a position of 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 really being able to win this series. So yeah, and you've been hoping for him to possibly light it up. He's been very close. Yeah, since we and I really him. feel if one goes in, that confidence is going to come shooting back. Um, so we'll have to really wait and see. I I do think it's possible. I think that he does that. I think Paul Stastny has a lot of playoff experience. I think, you know, I think, and if you end up doing something like a Tavo on that fourth line, if you move Puliyarvi up to the to the first line, I, I just think you have so many options with how you choose to do this. Your bottom six are so good. Your third line is the best third line in the National Hockey League, in my opinion, with Stahl, Martin, Nook, and Faust. And any of those players can play up in the lineup as well. I would love seeing Faust on the top line. I feel like if things you got into a pinch, Martin Nook can play on the top line. Martin Nook can play anywhere. I think Faust can truly play anywhere. Yeah, and anyone can play with Stahl. Yes, and I'm like that you, I like that you brought up the Stahl line there because this is going to be a series where you're going to have to grind a lot. And out of all the lines that the Hurricanes have, that stall line does it almost to perfection. And they're Be- probably going up against Barzell. 
at home. Yeah. Yes. But then at that point, Stahl's been, I mean, Otto's been playing a lot against the team's best. So it doesn't give them much of a better option. And KK's been doing that too, and he hasn't looked bad either for him going up against the I think KK's best. been one of our best forwards for maybe since Fetch has been out. So, I mean, of course they could match it up against our fourth line, but they probably won't do that because then they don't want us to, you know, because at that point that default means your fourth line's going up against one of our top three, and they probably don't want that either. Um, so I don't know. But either way, I feel like defensively any of our lines can shut down the other team, which is what you're going to have. That's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to win games 2-1 to one in the playoffs. You have to. You don't have a choice. Yes. And, of course, I think a difference maker in this is probably going to be goaltending. But first, let's get to the top three forwards. Netches uh, has 71 points, and within those 71 points, 28 of it is goals, 43 of it is assists. He's definitely had a reinsurgence, yep. even though I think the second half he hasn't played as good as the first half. Yeah, I think I'm, we can all agree on that. I'm hoping he has another good year. I'm worried that another contract year dampens his production, but I'm hoping he plays for a contract and really plays well. But if he plays bad again, you probably get him cheap again. Yeah, you, you probably could. So, because it will show he's inconsistent, but, you know, I still think, I, I mean, for but the you don't sake want of the that team, to be no. the, you don't want that to be the reason why he is No, because next year, contract. next year, we've all said that we feel like that's our, that's the last year, like the true end of the window. I fully believe our window is a little longer, but most people feel like it's next year. Because I think you're going to bring back the core. I truly do. Well, I mean, I understand that because... I mean, everybody has access to the internet, and when you go on Cap Friendly's website, I mean, the, you look at the contract, look at it from a contract standpoint, yeah. I would say, it, it, the next year is a very definitive year yeah. for the hurricane. I mean, I fully believe, I think Ajo comes back. I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't, if I'm honest. But I, I really I don't believe Tavo comes back. I think that I think that is over after next year. So I wouldn't be. They're shocked. gonna give they're gonna give Teravainen I think another shot next year. And if he has another down year like he did this year, then I think he's done because I do think players probably need second chances. Listen, we gave Natchez a second chance. Oh well, yeah, I mean, he proved it. I think that's fair, but I also don't think Teravainen was great last year either. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with you there. I think ever since he returned from COVID, yeah, he hasn't really been the same. But I also don't know if he wants to be here. Like, that's just a reality. I don't know. I, some will say that's his personality. But I feel like it's changed over the last year. But that's my opinion. I still like Tavo a lot. I think he's a great hockey player. And I really pray, I really feel he needs to, to have a whole new start in game one tomorrow or on, you know, I guess technically tonight when you're listening to the, to this episode, I would, I need to see, I, I, Tavo needs to be a difference maker, right? He does his, his abilities unlock a lot of everyone else's abilities because of his unbelievable passing. He is the key to everything. Probably. <laughs> yeah. That's what Adam Gold said. Yeah. And, and, and to me, that's a little bit of a reference to, Darth Maul and Clone Wars. So, hey, look, yeah. I, I, I believe that's a fair, accurate statement. I do think he's key. I think he is more key than a lot of people would give him credit for. I, 
I mean, I mean, I would agree. I think when he plays at his best, uh, he helps Aho play at his best a lot, because when those two players are going on the same line, I think they're the most dangerous duo in the league. And I think we'll get to Spashanaho here. 67 points, 36 of those were goals. He leads the team in goals and 31 assists. Down season for him. Down season for him, obviously. But if you notice, I mean, the goals are right there consistently with Aho. It's just the assists have come down, and you start to wonder if part of the reason why he's had a down year is his line mates. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think if he was playing with Pacioretty and Svechnikov, it would be an entirely different situation because, one, he probably would have another. I think if Pacioretty is healthy the whole season, he, Aho probably has another 20, 10, 10, to 20, 15, yeah. 10 to 20 assists. Easy. And if Svech plays the rest of the season, I think you could say maybe another. I think the total number at this point would be if everyone's healthy the whole year, maybe somewhere in the realm of 30 assists more. Yeah, I think Aho could be at that ninety point, ninety to a hundred points with that linemate, which is why you and I have kept saying you need the guy who can score to go with the guy who can assist, right? Because Aho can put the puck in the net, but he is far more gifted as a playmaker. Exactly, and thirty six goals. I mean, that's great. He leads the team in goals, which is good. Part of the reason why I just can't see this team parting ways with Aho because right now, at least, he is your closest goal scorer. That you have. Yeah, I, I really don't. Like I said, I don't think they will not sign him, but I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't. I mean, at that point, you move him. You don't just let him walk. At that point, you're just an absolute moron. Yes, exactly. And the third player was Fetcher being now. You have KK with 18 goals, 25 assists, 43 points. Slow start to the, to the season, obviously, mm-hmm. but he's really come along. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd put him as a second-line center yet, but he's very darn close to it. Yeah, I mean, Adam Gold has a, is a little bit more skeptical on him, and, which I get, but I don't know. I feel like he's moving. I feel like he, he took a big step the second half of the season, and I feel like that's going to continue in the playoffs, and I feel like that'll continue because he played well in the playoffs for Montreal. Um, I don't he's think, a great two-way player. Yeah. Worst-case scenario, and, and I said this last year, Worst case scenario for KK, he turns into your replacement for Jordan Stahl. Best case scenario, he's your 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 you know special you know your guy and your second line center. But we'll see. We'll see what these playoffs produce. Right? He needs to be a difference maker in the playoffs, whether that's by playmaking or whether that's by scoring goals. He needs to be your guy. Yeah, exactly. He he really does and if you look at the islanders top three players a lot of it is a lot of it is the same with our top three fours their top goal scorer 36 goals exactly what aho produced with brock nelson leading the way 36 goals 39 assists 75 points probably a career year for brock nelson he's been playing very well for barzell's numbers are low but he's been hurt Yes, he has been hurt, but it has been clarified that he is going to be returning. Yeah, so he'll game be back. one for the playoffs. So we'll see what he does for sure. We'll see what happens. Uh, they still have uh, Bo Horvat, so let's not discount him. Um, and Anders Lee is a great hockey player too. I mean, they have some good talent. But I've said this about the Islanders for forever. They don't have anybody who wows me. I feel like the closest they have now. It's not even one of these three that you have listed. I feel like it's Bo Horvat. 
and I don't think he's really meld, you know, meshed with the team yet, which is not unusual for a player to not mesh yet. But you can't discount him either because he's a difference maker, just like Aho can be. So, I mean, I think they may have found what might be the equivalent of their Sebastian Aho, because I think that's kind of where I put Bo Horvat at on, you know, skill-wise, kind of rank-wise. And I think down the middle, they're a lot of the same like us. I think you have pretty good... I mean, Aho, KK, Stahl, Stasny, I think that's a really strong center core. A lot of it's the same. You have, because Islanders, ever since they got Bo Horvat, they put Matt Barzell on the wing next to him. So down in the middle, you have Horvat, Nelson, John Gabriel Peugeot, and Casey Sezegas. That's, a, again, a strong yeah. center core, just yeah. like the Hurricanes. I think the Carolina is most suited to play the Islanders. So you got the team you want to play. In the first round, I don't believe. It's not, not the biggest fan of trying to rig your your matchups. We wanted to win the division, not because of who we played, but because of the home ice advantage. And you desperately need that when you're a team down some players. You need every advantage you can get. Exactly. Which you have now, right? You're the number two team in the National Hockey League. The only team you need to worry about not having home ice against is Boston. Um. So at that point. I think Carolina's in a good way. Forwards, again, I truly believe the forwards group without Svetch. I think we're still better than, than the Islanders. I don't think you can discount the Islanders' offense, but yeah. I think we're better than their offense. And at the very least, we're very close. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I can see an argument for both sides, but let's get to the defense here. And to me, this is the game changer on the offense category. You mean defense? Well, defense, obviously. But if you look at the offensive numbers, oh, yeah. our defense is a lot better in often on the offensive numbers than the Islanders. Because Brent Burns, 18 goals, 43 assists, 61 points. Brady Shea, 18 goals, 20 assists for 38 points. Brett Pesci, 5 goals, 25 assists for 30 points. Sam, you have your top three defensemen have at least 30 points. That is amazing. When yeah. you compare that to the Islanders. No, I'm, 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 I'm... Brady Shea, first off, turned into a sniper down the stretch. Dude just could not score. Any shot he took, you were like, that's my go in. He needs to keep that up. Oh yeah, I know he does. That's asking a lot from a player like Brady Shea, but and honestly, I don't. I wouldn't. I know some don't think he can. I think he should be QB one on the power play. I really do. I think he's a little faster than Burns, so I, I like that. So if I were to do anything, I might try a Burns Shea power play in the playoffs. I mean, what do you have to lose? The power play is not very good anyway. So I might do Aho, Natchez, Jarvis, Burns, Shea with a, you know. And then put Gostas Bear as the quarterback for yeah. the second power play. So I would do in the second one, maybe Gostas Bear, Tara Vinen on the back end. And then you have KK, Nason, and Puglio Yarvi or Stasny on that second unit. So stall even, really? So. I think you have a lot of options for your power play. I think you need to be willing to juggle them up and not just keep them together because I think, again, the power play is not good. So there, you have a lot of room to kind of maneuver. But yes, you do. You got to use Shea and you got to use uh, Burns on your power play. And you have Pesci listed here at five goals, 20, 25 assists, assist. 30 points. That's good for Pesci. I, I still like, I think 
Pesci offensively is still your probably your last fourth. resort. I think he's your fourth best, maybe even your maybe even your worst goal scorer on as uh, as the core. I think your number one. I think it's. Burns. I think yeah, Burns, Gostaspare, or I Shea. think Shea, and then Gostaspare, and, and then, then I think Chatfield. Chatfield, and then I think Slavin, and then I think Pesci. So you think Slavin has more offensive capabilities than I do. Pesci? Do I do mainly because Pesci shoots into the the the, the shin guards of players <laughs> all of the time. He has some of that Jay Harrison mentality, doesn't he? Sometimes, and it drives me bonkers. <laughs> For those of you who have followed the Hurricanes for a long time. I'm sure you have heard and know of Jay Harrison. Uh, he, he has a, he has a place in all of our hearts, doesn't he? So. I think well, one of my well, I know some people called him the politician because he always gave a great interview, very very polished, um, which I think is fair. Yeah, definitely. But and I love our defense. I think our defense is. I think the Carolina Hurricanes defense are better than. I think they're the best in the league. I do. I think they're better than even Boston's. I think Boston's might be more offensive, but I don't think they're more defensive. I think Boston's defensive prowess comes from their forward group. When you're led by a player like Patrice Bergeron, you're going to be great. He always wins to sell. And your goalies are playing amazing. Yeah, Allmark's going to be the the Vesna. He, he is. The only goalie I think that you could compete there is Sorokin. Yes. Now, I think you and I both know Eric Carlson will probably bring him the best defensive trophy award. I can't remember Norris, who that yeah. is. Norris. Norris, yeah, that's right. It doesn't really go to the best defenseman. It goes to the best offensive defenseman. I do believe they should create another trophy for the best defensive defenseman. Well, Slavin should win that. Yeah, and that's why. But that's why a lot of Hurricanes fans, and we'll be open about that. But, yeah, I mean, offensively, I mean, all of our players are better. I mean. Yes, look at the Islanders. I mean, their top player, Noah Dobson. 49 points, that's not bad, but you compare that with Brent Burns. Not even Brent close. Burns, is, it's not even close. Ryan Pollock, he get, he has 26 points, 5 goals, 21 assists. Scott Mayfield, 6 goals, 18 assists, and 24 points. So, I mean, after Noah Dobson, you don't really have a lot going on on the back end in terms yeah. of offense. Yeah, and that's so, fine. Yes. And, you know, I think that benefits Carolina, but we'll now get to the – the category. So I think Carolina wins the forwards. I think Carolina wins the defense. And but we, I think in the, terms <laughs> of offensive production. Yeah, I do. And I think and that's how you win a hockey game. You have to score goals. Just at the end of the day, whoever scored the most goals wins the game, right? So I think that benefits us. And I still think Carolina's defensive, like defensive style and defensive mindedness on their sixty is better than even the Islanders. But at the end of the day, I think Carolina's defense is better than the Islanders overall. I think our forwards are better than the Islanders overall. But now we get to the goaltending, and I don't think it's close. I don't think it's even remotely close. I think that the Islanders' goaltending is leaps and bounds better than the Carolina Hurricanes' goaltending. And I think if you think otherwise, you're fooling yourselves. Yeah, you want to go ahead and read the stats? Yeah, Frederick Anders, we've had three uh, goalies this season while the Islanders had two Carolina, Frederick Anderson, 21-11-1. That's not awful. .903, that is not great. No. Auntie Ranta, 19-3-3, that's unbelievable. I mean, for a backup goaltender, that's really good. With .910, that's, that's fine. That's not bad. I'm okay with those numbers. Pyotr Kachetkov, 12-7-5, .909, that's fine. He's, he hasn't played as many games. He's done okay. He's more or less, if you want to consider, he's, law, he's won as many as he's lost. 
if you add up the losses and overtime losses. So, okay, that's fine. He really had a great stretch, and then he never was, he never quite found it again, which is, again, he's a young goalie. Give him, I give him, I give him a pass, and I give him slack. I'm going to judge him hard, but I will judge Ronta and Anderson hard. And well, now let's move over to Ilya Sorokin and the New York Islanders goaltending tandem. Ilya Sorokin is 31, 27, 22, and 7. You're like, oh, you know, that's not as good as Ronta and Anderson. Yeah. But look at the same percentage. 0.924. Sorokin stole some of these games. That number tells you he stole games for the Islanders. Oh, yes. And he's good. He is, and I agree with Adam Gold. I think he is the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. Period. He has done what he has done with a team that is not as good as Boston, with a team that is not as good as Tampa. And he's putting up Vasilevsky and Olmark numbers. Right? Yes. And now let's look at their backup goaltender, Semyon Varlamov, who would be a starter on probably 31 other NHL teams, (laughs) with 11.92 and a .913 save percent average. Good numbers there, too. You know, like, oh, the wins and losses aren't there. Again, look at the numbers that go with those wins and losses. He stole games, too. Barlamov and Sorokin have the ability, and this is where I believe this game, this series, can go six or seven because you have to expect and you have to know Sorokin and Varlamov are going to steal a game or two for the Islanders. It will not be their offense or their defense that gets them through the series. Exactly. If they win this series, it's going to be on the back of Ilya Sorokin. And Canes fans, you have to understand this can happen. I believe Carolina wins this series in six. I believe Sorokin's going to steal at least two games. And I think we might lose a game or two because of our inability to score. I mean... There will be a time where Sorokin's not necessarily playing good. We just can't get anything going, right? So it's not like Sorokin was outstanding or we were bad. So I think that's going to happen too, but Sorokin's going to steal them at least a game or two in this series. And if he's not good, they can go to Varlamov, who can do the same thing. So you can't be like, oh, Sorokin, you know, the backup's not – no, the backup's just as good. The backup can play just as good as Sorokin can on a given night. So don't discount Varlamov. Yeah, and if you look at our record against them this season, I mean, Alan, there's one, yeah. the first game, 6-2, to two, which was an awful game. Yeah, so if, again, if, but if you also think that the Islanders aren't going to pop some goals into the net, you're also wrong, so don't discount their offense. I sure as hell won't, but you can't just... At the end of the day, their biggest weapon is their goalie, and you're going to see that in these games. Carolina, 3 nothing. It's a low-scoring game, right? Sorokin played good that game, or Varlamov. I really don't remember who played. Canes won again, 5-2, so we did blast him there. Canes won 2-1. It's another game, low-scoring game. Sorokin or Varlamov had a good game. Again, these games show you have a Carolina win, 5-2. You have an Islander win, 6-2. So we both know these teams can score when they have to. Give them that. And sometimes they'll have a good night. Sometimes they'll have a bad night. But don't discount their goalie and and i do think our series against the islanders can be deceptive we were three and one good yes but playoff shows it's a completely different game and you have to revert to that defensive style defense wins championships and at the end of the day you cannot discount what sorokin is going to do canes fans prepare for a very frustrating series against the islanders because you're going to be pissed off because i believe caroline is going to dominate play and the score's going to be 0-0 after one with like 15 shots on goal to five. 
with about probably four or five grade A scoring chances, and you got nothing because Sorokin robbed us. Expect it. It will happen. You will have to beat him. So that means Jordan Stahl is going to be a big factor because he's got to stand in front of the net. Nason has got to be a factor. He's going to stand in front of the net. Right? Pulu Yarvi, going to be a factor. He needs to be in front of the net. He's a big dude. And you need Natchez and you need Ajo to be fast. And you need guys. And Jarvis. You need Jarvis to be fast. Yeah. And you need Tara Vinant and Gage. I think the you gotta be problem quick. with them is being engaged. Because you have to be faster than Sorokin, and you have to take away his eyes. And if you're not, if you shoot right at him and you can see the puck, he will stop it every single time. Sorokin will not allow a leaky goal in the playoffs. Promise you that. And if he does, they will lose. But I will be shocked if he lets one in. So you got I mean, I'm looking at you, Anderson. I'm looking at Ranta. And I'm looking at possibly Kajetkov. So if we do win, is it going to be based on the offense or our goaltending? You need your goaltending to play well. You cannot allow leaky goals. You might not be able to stop some that Sorokin will. That's fine. You don't have to. Our defense is going to stifle those amounts of... We're going to stop the Islanders from getting as many as we're going to get against them. I, I do believe that you need your goalie to be commendable, right? Just needs to be good. So you need your goalie to be good. That's fine. You cannot allow leaky goals, which is why I believe Freddie Anderson shouldn't start the playoffs. No, Unless I don't think to. so. It has to be Ronta. It, it does have to be Ronta. And I'm not. A and big... I like Freddie. Don't think I don't like Freddie. I'm the first one who will defend our goaltending, right? I mean, compared to Scott Darling, Freddie Anderson's a God, but just, you have to go with the best goaltender. And right now, you can't argue that Anderson is. Can he be? Yes. He can. He can be better than Ronta. Absolutely. But he hasn't. But he's not it. playing that right now. Yeah, he's not. I think you do start Ronta. And another thing, too, I think I heard Mike Maniscalco on 99.9 The Fan, a video of him on YouTube, in the fact that I think he says that there might, that we're going to start Anderson. And it's probably going to be, be more of a tandem. I don't know if that can work. If it does, excellent. But I don't know if that can work. I'm fine with, with that. I think if you were to start Anderson, it should be at home. Yes, it should be at home. It should not be away. It sh- I, I think you need to start Ronta if you can. Uh, well, you, all the games, as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah. But um, I, I trust Ronta probably more on the road than I do with Frederick Anderson. Yeah, but at the end of the day, folks, we believe it should be Ronta. I think a lot of you do too. But I can tell you right now, and I agree with Adam Gold, you want to talk about the players, that's fine. Don't tag them. Please don't do that. That's one that's ridiculous um, and childish. Uh, our job is to criticize their, their, talk about their stats, which is what we do. We talk about their stats and we tell you what we think based yeah, on the stats. Yeah, we just did talk about stats. And too. at the end of the day, that's fine. And we're not trying to be doom and gloom either about this team. We're trying to give you the the facts, and then we interpret the facts that that we believe makes the most sense. And I'm sorry. And again, like I said last week, if you want to go after us for that, fine. But. I think it's dumb, and I'll make fun of you on Twitter for it. I don't care. Sam knows that. I don't care. Um, so if you want to be dumb, be dumb. But 
we're going to talk about the stats and we're going to talk about reality, right? I think Freddie Anderson's been fine this season. I mean, we are where we are because of Anderson played fine, Ronta played fine, and Kochetkov played fine. We have about league average goaltending. Maybe a little bit below with Anderson. I mean, that's fine. I think on average, our team had had league average goaltending if you want to combine Ronta, Anderson, and Kochetkov. Okay, that I could see. And I think that's okay. I do. I think you're okay there. But you need to have a little bit better in the playoffs. Anderson has to be better in the playoffs. I think you can get Ronta regular season Ronta and be fine. Um, If you want to do a tandem, try it in the first. This is your chance, because, but don't force it. If it doesn't work after, I would say, the first two. And you go and you're down now two to nothing in the series. Well, Don't one, do it anymore. Well, one, you you screwed yourself. Yeah. So that's on you. And that will be on Rob Rindamore. And I will tell you it will be on Rob Rindamore. I do not agree with the tandem aspect. I don't. No, I you ride the don't. hot goalie. Yes. And I believe you do that all the time in every situation. You ride the hot goaltender until yes. they can't go anymore. Yes, Ronta is made of paper mache ink can break. But you ride him until he can't go anymore. And I think that's, that's when right you put decision. Anderson. Here's my question. Um, during the series, do you think we're going to bring up Kachakov at all? Or do you think Ronta and Anderson can uh, close the fort down against? I mean, well, one, I think it's dependent on what happens in Chicago and their playoff race. But I, I, I'm, I agree with you on that point. I think you stick with Ronta and Anderson for now, and you go to Kachetkov if you have to. You give Anderson a shot before you go to Kachetkov. Yes. So I think if I, Ronta I shows he can't do it, you go to Anderson, see what he does. If he takes the reins, you let him run, because Anderson can start probably 20 in a row, and you're okay. He's just that kind of a, he's just that kind of a player. He's a workhorse, which is why we got him in the first place. So you go with Anderson. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's Ronta and Anderson. Then Kachetkov if you have to. Adam Gold says if the team is to go far, it's because of Kachetkov. I view it. If you have to go to Kachetkov, that means you're in a bind and you're trying something desperately. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't rotate unless it works in game by game two. So if you go to game one, you lose. You go to game two, you start the other guy, you lose. Who lost less? Who, who had the least worst loss of the two? You start them in game three, and if you win there, you go back to them in game four, period. End of sentence. Even if you lose... That game three, I think you have to go back to that goalie anyway in game in, in game four. I don't think you can play this game of rotation. I think it's a dangerous game to play. I do, especially too, because if you you're win. gambling when you yeah. do it. And if you win, tandem. go with the goalie who won, please. Exactly. Don't just stop him. Anderson hasn't been good enough. But if you go with Anderson in game one and he plays amazing, you have to start him in game two. Yes, you I'm do. Not, I'm not going to Anderson bash and say no matter what, you can't play him. No. If he plays great, start Frederick Anderson. It's okay. It's okay to start him if he plays well. But I think he had a really bad game against the Florida Panthers. It looked great for about... The first two periods. For about 50 minutes. Right? 20, 40, 10, and then that yeah, was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just broke down in the last 10. He allowed a really bad goal. He allowed two two bad goals. A really leaky one that kind of brought things too close. It closer. So here is my question, Sam. Okay. If, there is, if you could pick one wild card on this team, that would be good. Who would that be? Poyarvi. I yes, knew you were going to say that. Poyarvi. I think if he gets going, that's it. I think it's ball game. I think Carolina's got the goal score. 
because I think he can do it. I think he can score goals. He was a number four. He was a fourth, what fourth overall pick, and he was that for a reason. So I want to see. I want to see number four come out. Well, you know a player I'm gonna pick. Chatfield. He I think he'd be a good wild card. Yeah. But I mean, I could see him scoring because I think he's a very good defensive forward. At least Jake Gardner. No, Jack Drury. I think if he starts scoring a lot of goals, that's going to be very helpful yeah. for the Hurricanes. But I think at the end of the day, the person who has to be that wild card, Teravine. Yes, Teravine. Yes, he and does. But we know we know how well. much he can bring, so I don't really categorize him as a wild card in my eyes. But he has had a down year. So, I mean, I can understand why someone might view him as a wild card. Yeah, sure. Um, what other series are you? I'll ask you a question. What other series are you going to be paying attention to? Um, series I'll be paying attention to, to probably the Tampa series. Yeah, that's I'm, it's a rematch. Yeah, it is a rematch. And even though, I mean, I have this feeling Toronto might get in the second round. To me, be entertaining to see them get knocked out again. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Poor Steve Dangle. We love you, man. We do. <laughs> Uh, but we'll see. And I think the uh, Rangers New Jersey series is going to yeah. be very intense and very fun. Yeah. Um, I think another series, if I had to pick one series out of the West, I would probably pick Edmonton and LA. I would pick Dallas and uh, Minnesota. I think that's a big You're going to see a lot of green. I am going to see a lot of green. I'm probably not going to watch them, though, but I'll pay attention to it, keep an eye on it. Um, but I yeah I like that. Um, I actually think that the Kings are gonna get out of that series. Really, I you do. don't believe in Edmonton? They've no. been dangerous for a while. They have. I just I don't believe in the Oilers. I like the Kings. I also don't like the Oilers. I don't like Connor McDavid. So, well, anyone who listens to this podcast knows I don't like Connor McDavid. Well, it's gonna be interesting for playoff hockey. Um, I know for podcast coverage, we released a poll on that. So you guys will probably know what's going on if you keep up to date with that poll. <laughs> but you want to see, give us some results, Sam? I don't think this is going to change, so we'll go ahead and just say what we're going to do. Uh, we asked a question, and we did it right before we started recording. And it's up for the whole time on for, through tomorrow. So, uh, you know, or Sunday, for those who know, we're recording on Saturday. So if it changes... We will have changed, you know, you'll never have heard of this because we'll add an insert. Um, but I don't expect it to change. So right now we asked, how would you like us to cover the playoffs weekly like we do now or game by game? Uh, game by game on 44 votes has 93% and 7% have chosen weekly. So the Kaniacs have spoken. I don't think these numbers are going to change. It would take another 40 plus to all vote weekly. So the math isn't there. There's no need for a recount, Sam. These elect this election is legitimate. We are going to play game by game, sir. Yes, we are. And I even um, saw the some of the results on Instagram. I I've not seen one person yet vote um, on a weekly basis. So we'll probably be doing this game by game till we 
get eliminated or somehow win the Stanley Cup in the playoffs. And just understand, at the end of each round, we'll do another episode like this, another regular one to recap the series as a whole real fast. But the primary purpose is we're previewing the final, the, the, the next series. So it's game by game and then a preview. Game by game, preview. That's how we're going to do it. So game by game, preview the next because we're not going to need to recap a lot of the series. Um, and then if we're eliminated, it'll be the game by game up through elimination. Then we'll do a final that we'll just kind of review the whole season as a whole. Yes. We, we didn't do that today, and that's because I don't want to – the regular season is one thing, but I believe in looking at the season as a whole. As a whole. What you do in the regular season is great, but it's all about where we are now. Exactly. And also, too, with uh, the playoff coverage and all type of stuff, since we're doing it game by game now, which means just tiny – 20-minute episodes throughout thank, the week. Thank Kane's Corner. Yeah, That's yeah, Adam Gold's, Adam Gold style. Um, we're not going to be doing the weekly Monday episodes since we're going to be doing that for now on. Until yeah. the playoffs then, then we'll be going back to the weekly yeah. episodes in the offseason. That's yep. when we'll cover um, the, the draft. The so draft, well. free agency. We're even going to do a recap of the playoffs where the hurricanes stand, how they should improve. Yep. It is going to be fun. You might even see a solo episode of just Sam Frisco, maybe mm-hmm. for the first time. You just don't know yet. That's true. True, true, true. And maybe we'll get a video portion of the podcast. Maybe if we make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, we'll do a live stream of us watching the game. What do you think? Maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. We'll do, if we make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, we'll do something fun for everybody. For sure. Yes, um, and, we, and the most important thing is we will let you, we will try at least to let you know ahead yeah. of time. So we will yeah. have fun. We will make this fun. Uh, go check out our, uh, if you listen to this Monday morning, which you probably will be, go quickly do the bracket challenge. We have it posted on our, on our uh, Twitter, and I think you put it on our Instagram. Go do the bracket challenge. Have fun with that. I think we. I think if some whoever wins, if it's not you or me, if you do one extra, and I'm not going to do one in ours, but you created our bracket. Good. Whoever wins, if you beat us, for the beginning of the season, our first ticket giveaway will be to the winner of the bracket. Oh yeah, prove I like that. to us you won. So show us your bracket. Show us that you won. At the end of the playoffs, if you're listening to this, so you're, I'm not going to post this. On the Twitter, I'm not posting this on the Instagram. You have to be listening to our podcast to take advantage of this giveaway. We're doing it now, Sam. First giveaway of the regular season is the winner of the Bracket Challenge. Yes, and I posted the link on both Instagram and Twitter. Yes. If that doesn't work, I have said to search up the Kaniac Reporters. Yep. Yes. And you should be able to find it. Yes. And remember, only listeners get to take advantage of the giveaway. We got to do some things for those who listen to the podcast. Yes, and my computer is about to die. So, so we're gonna wrap this up. But yes, thank you are. all for listening. Make sure you keep listening for little tidbits like this and small little giveaways like this. So, we look forward to seeing you all for the Stanley Cup Finals. Yes, we or are playoffs. Sorry, it's playoffs. You know, I'm just so excited. It's it's, it's so. playoff hockey. Yes. Well, we'll see you guys then. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, 
Check them out on Instagram and Twitter at The Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.